Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. How are all y'all doing? Good. I want to say Merry Christmas to you. It's only December the 13th, but why not just start our Merry Christmases nice and early? Doesn't that sound good? Speaking of Christmas, next week we have our uh, Christmas service on Sunday the 20th, and I'm really um, excited about it. And, you know, things have even been changing in the world around us this past week where uh, there's been some, you know, more restrictions as far as um, what we're being asked to do in the world around us. I'm actually really thankful that as far as churches go, as long as we're continuing to do our mask thing and our distancing thing, that actually we're allowed to meet like this. And I'm thankful for it, but I'm also thankful that we can be at home as well. We've got a lot of folks who are worshiping at home and we're supportive of that. And what we're doing as a church family is we're walking that place of where uh, we have real honor and respect for what's going on, but also we have a real spirit of faith because we have a great and a mighty God. And uh, we are focused on our Jesus this Christmas. Uh, we're in a series called A Savior is Born. And we're so thankful that Jesus has come. We were praying in the, uh, the prayer team this morning. Um, even families right now are making decisions about how families may or may not come together and all of that. And what we prayed for was we prayed, you know, if a family has to meet on Zoom this year, that their interaction will be deeper, right? And it'll be more quality, even though the quantity might not be there. And that, you know, whatever's happening and that Jesus will really become even more the center and the focus of, of you know, Christmas. Because, you know, God can create wins in every circumstance. Do you hear me today? God can create a win in every circumstance. Not everything that he goes on around us is, it makes him happy or joyful or in any way, but he can always create a win and he can always leverage any circumstance. The key is we got to focus on Jesus. And it's Christmas. So let's focus on Jesus. Amen. All right. Are you ready for the Bible today? All right. We are in this series called A Savior is Born. And I'm going to open up with an Old Testament prophecy written hundreds of years, hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. This is in Isaiah 7, verse 14, ancient text. And it says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be conceived and give birth to a son. And his name, excuse me, and we will call him Emmanuel. Would you say Emmanuel with me today? Emmanuel. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you for this day and the opportunity that you've given us today to worship you. Today is a good day to give you honor and to give you glory and to give you praise. And so today, God, we just say we love you and we open up our hearts, God, whether we're in a service live or whether we're watching home live or watching the recording at home, God, we're listening to a podcast. We just open up our ears, God, to what you would say to us, because we know, God, you're good at speaking to your children. And so, Lord, may we hear what you have for us today. I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what's in your heart today. We love you and honor you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're in this series called A Savior is Born, 
And in part one a couple weeks ago, I discussed how the Gospel of John and the Gospel of Luke both present the birth of Jesus, but they do it so very differently. And how we can glean even more from it when we look at the perspectives in which they are presenting the birth of Jesus. Last week in part two, uh, my lovely wife Elizabeth shared about the wise men and the gifts that they brought to Jesus. And then turned it and talked about the gifts that we can bring to Jesus, one of those being our complete faith, how um, we need to put all of our trust in Jesus. She talked about how the second gift we could bring him was to prioritize Jesus, to prioritize the Lord in our life and to make him number one. And the third one was persistence, to ask for what we need and do not give up and to keep on asking. And I want to share a brief testimony uh, with you about that this morning. Um, You know, in everything that's been going on, one of the things that we as believers and followers of Jesus want to do is we want to maintain a high level of sincere faith and trust in God. You know, sometimes what happens around you can come on you and put a weight on your and and kind of squelch your faith and your trust in Jesus. And what we want to do is we want to interact with God in a way where we believe and we trust him. This week I was doing my devotions and. I was in Luke chapter 9. Never, you know, you're reading the Bible and something really just kind of leaps out on you at you like you need to really pay attention to this today. I was reading Luke 9 verse 1 where it says when Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he procl- he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. When I was reading that, it just really leapt out at me. And I just, I had that, this sense like, I'm going to need this verse today. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I got a, an email late that night or middle of the evening that night that a dear friend of mine, um, that he and his wife had COVID and that he had pneumonia and that he was really struggling. And, um, and that verse came to me. I felt like the Lord was like, he has given us authority to, to uh, cast out demons and to cure diseases. And so uh, we just went to pray. And I texted a few people, said, all right, let's just start praying. And we started praying. And for the next few days, we were praying for this friend of mine. And um, each day, just kind of staying on it. You, ever, you know, sometimes you get news, and the news can be like a... It can it can be like a cold cock, like it just kind of sets you back. Like Mike Tyson says, everybody got to, got a plan until you get punched in the face. Sometimes you get news and it's like you get punched in the face and the plan goes out the window. That's why God gave you friends with faith. Because something rose up in me and and, and other uh, other folks around here who are friends with this this uh, this dear friend of mine and. And we just started to pray and pray. And as the week went on, we got good report after good report. And this week I was reminded of, you know, early on in COVID, way back in March, we had a gentleman in our church who had just gone through uh, chemo and was diagnosed with with uh, COVID, he and his wife, really early. And he prevailed and he was well. And, you know, I, I, uh, we've been praying for a, a student in our student ministry recently um, who got a diagnosis that was really severe. And I we got a report this morning that their numbers are significantly changing. And, you know, what I'm saying is I'm saying, you know what? And I said, I'm pr- I prayed for that young lady this morning. And, I, and we are going to pray until we pray her over the line. And I just want 
want to tell you today, sometimes what we need to do is we need to look at Scripture and let Scripture inform our faith. Let the Holy Spirit raise something up in us and just say, you know what? Um, whose report am I going to believe? I am going to pray. Because you know what happens is sometimes there is a you get news and the news becomes all of the information. I'm not saying that to condemn you this morning because I think that happens to all of us. But the, the word says, whose report will you believe, right? Sometimes even if it's not you, if it's just your friends who just rise up and say, you know what? Before I just take in all this news and before I own it and before I receive it as done forever, there's this flood that comes back that says, no, no, I'm not. No, we're going to stand in faith and we're going to ask God to just cure diseases and to do some mighty things. Amen. And so our job, you know, as believers, and, and I think right now it's an even more intense time because there's something very real going on in the world around us. And we can't disrespect that. We need to respect what's going on. I have two friends who passed away from COVID. And I have to tell you, it annoys me when somebody looks at me and goes, well, how old were they? Did they have pre-existing conditions? You know what I want to say? Would you say that to their widow? For me i mean they're not there like <laughs> you know and so there's a there's a realness to what's going on but we have been given this gift of being able to pray for people and pray them through and to see the kingdom of heaven come here on earth yeah. amen yeah. and maybe you got cold cocked in the face well what you need is you need some friends with some faith to lift you up and to strengthen you and to encourage you and to come at that thing. Amen? Amen. And just to say, you know what? We're going to pray and we're going to believe and we're going to seek. We've all lost people. We've all had things happen that we didn't like in our life. But, you know, the reality is God has sent us to proclaim a kingdom. He sent the disciples to proclaim a kingdom. And he gave them authority as they did it. I would like to use that authority. Would you like to use that authority? I really love that scripture that Elizabeth shared about uh, the, the blind beggar who was crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They were telling him to be quiet. They were, it's, it's almost like they were saying, be quiet and just listen to the doctor. You should listen to your doctor, but you should cry out to Jesus louder. Amen. And so I love that verse. I really felt like that was for us. And I think it's something that we need to remember in this season is to have an attitude of faith. And if you don't have it yourself, you don't need to make it up. Just get some friends. That's why we have each other. I'm reminded of when the paralytic was carried by his friends to Jesus. And it says that Jesus saw their faith. Amen. We have each other for a reason. And that's here in this room. That's online. That's on a podcast. There are so many ways that we can connect with each other through text and Facebook and all kinds of things. Let's leverage it all to be connected and to have faith for one another. Amen. That was just extra. But I really felt like I, that the Lord wanted that, that I needed to say that because I feel like we need to stir ourselves because, y'all, if we aren't going to believe the Lord, who is? Right? And I, I, we all have friends, and I'm so thankful for those friends that I know that no matter what report I bring to them, their, their response is going to be, let's pray. Let's go to the Lord. We all need some friends like that. And you need to be a friend like that. All right. Today, 
I want to talk to you about Emmanuel. God with us. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. And I'm going to read to you verses 18 through 25. Matthew 1, 18 says this. This is how the birth... I'm going to take... I just want to take a pause. I feel like I need to pray for some folks today that there is news that you're just kind of sitting on and accepting and you need there to be a tide change of faith and bringing it to the Lord and asking God to intervene. And if that's you today, I want to pray for you right now, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we bring your word back to you that says you sent out these disciples. You gave them authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And Lord, you sent them out to proclaim a kingdom. And we say today we are those people. We are your disciples. And Lord, today we say that with diseases and with bad news and with uh, prognosis and diagnoses and all the gnosis, Lord God, we come before you today and we bring them to you today. And we say, Lord, let a sincere faith stir within us, rise up within us that says, no, you will not pass. You will, you, that, that, Lord, that your will is going to come instead and that your healing will come and cause us to heal quickly, Lord Jesus. We thank you for being a healer. We thank you for the gift of prayer. And I pray that you'd make us a people that are effective and, Lord, that can pray. And for those, Lord, today who feel like they've been punched in the face, whether it be with a friend or with, with something that's going on in their own life, and they feel the weight of it, Lord, and Lord Jesus, we come before you, Lord, and we just say, Lord, turn the tide. Lord, turn the prognosis, turn the diagnosis, turn it around. And Lord, may your healing appear, appear quickly. Lord, there are people in our own church, Lord, that we've been praying for and that we're interceding. Father, for hearts to get stronger. Father, for pain to leave, Lord God. And we just pray for those folks that we're praying for, Lord, that you would completely heal them. In the name of Jesus, we come before you and we recognize today that while we've given you've given us authority, you are God and you are the healer. And we come before you with your word and say, Lord, let your will be done. Let people be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Back to Matthew chapter one. We're going to read 18 through 25. It says this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about his mother, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. We opened with that verse. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him, say it with me, Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, before we jump into this idea of Emmanuel, I want to take a brief diversion to this verse 21 where it says she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name 
Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. What's really interesting about the name Jesus is that when you trace it back, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament version of the word Joshua or the name Joshua. And you know what Joshua means in Hebrew? It means God is salvation. God delivers. God rescues, which means that Jesus's name was both his mission and his identity. That God is salvation, that God rescues, that God delivers. How would you like every time you walk in a room, your name announces your identity and your mission, that God saves and that he rescues. So all you Jesus is out there, that's what your name means. You are proclaiming, right? My middle name, David, means beloved one. And my name, Michael, means who is like God. It's a praise. So it's like every time my name is said, Michael, it's a praise to God. Who is like God? Isn't that cool? Makes you want to name your kids well, don't it? Um, I, I want to answer that question. So how does Jesus save people from their sins? Well, there's two, th- two ways. First of all, he gives up his life on the cross and taking the consequence of our sin upon himself, right? That's the first way that he saves us, is he takes care of the debt of sin that we have so that we can receive forgiveness. But also, not only does he pay the debt, very importantly, he also, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, gives us the empowerment to not sin. That's really key. One is solving the issue of the fact that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? But the other part of it is, left to ourselves, we don't have the ability to not sin. I mean, we're believers, and we're still trying to stop sinning, right? The key is, though, that he empowers us by the Spirit. Romans 8 talks about life in the Spirit. He empowers us so that we no longer have to sin. We're no longer bound to it. And that we can, by the power of the Holy Spirit, make a decision to not sin. Amen? All right, now let's go back to verse 23. We talked about Jesus. We're going to talk about this idea of Emmanuel. Verse 23 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So, so what does that mean? God with us. Well, it means, first of all, that God, he loves us so much that he came. He came in the flesh. Jesus came. And the first and obvious meaning of God with us is that he literally, physically came to be with us. I find that very impressive. I think, you know, if anyone could write it in or not show up or not have to be there in person, it would be the God of the universe who I think has got a lot going on. But he came to be present to be with us. Now, Emmanuel, God with us, what it doesn't mean is it doesn't mean that we carry around God like a genie in the bottle. And it's like every time we need something, we just kind of rub the genie and go, oh, God, just checking in with you, here are my needs. It's not only now, does God want to hear your needs? Yes and amen. Does God want to take care of your needs? Yes and amen. Does he care about what your needs are? Absolutely. But is he our genie in the bottle who just answers to us, oh, no. No. God with us does not mean that we have control over God. It means that he loves us so much 
that he would come and be with us. God, God with us does mean that he is for you. Some, some people need to hear that this morning. Because there's a lot of folks out there that they have a view of God that God is against them. And it's simply not the truth. I'm going to give you a really simple math thing here. Good God plus for you. Bad devil minus against you. God wants to give you life and life more abundantly. He created you with a plan and a purpose. The devil wants to kill, to steal, and to destroy. It's a very simple thing. So let's not confuse them. God is not against you. He is absolutely for you. So for you that he will be God with us, Emmanuel. It's important that you believe that because you need to know that you can run towards the God who is for you and not run away from him. He is for you. When somebody is for you and loves you and has the best interest, you want to go to them and not away from them. Amen. So don't let any other lie or any other belief in your heart rule over the fact that God is for you and you can go to him. God is with us does mean that to him you were worth it. He values you that much. I'm not talking about the plural you right now. Oh, God loves everyone. No, I mean you. You were worth it to him. You were worth him coming to earth. You were worth him giving up his life for your sins because he so wanted you to be with him in eternity that he wanted to take your debt of sin upon him so that you could be with him in eternity rather than hell and be apart from him in eternity. He loves you that much. I'm talking about you, the singular you, not just the plural you this morning. God with us means that you are valuable to him. You mean something to him. It's important that you believe that you have value. The enemy will tell you that, you're, that you are a, 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 a diminishing asset, that you, you, that you are not worth it. And it's not the truth. You are worth it to him. God with us does mean that he is always with us. Hebrews 13, 5 says this. It says, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I remember I was a middle school student and uh, uh, probably the sixth grade or so. And um, a buddy of mine went out to, we went out for a walk. Our families were hanging out together and uh, I wasn't even in the town that I grew up in. I was in this town. It was called Meadville. We were hanging out. And we went out to this high school. And there was this track. And there was this, these uh, people running around a track. And one of the persons on the track was a special needs person. And my friend, who at that time in his life I apparently was super immature, actually mocked the person. I was like, what are you doing? Like, you, you don't do that kind of thing. Well, the person had an older teenager who was a young lady who came over and gave us a piece of her mind and just chewed us out for what was going on. And my friend and I are standing there next to each other, just getting chewed out from this teenager. We're just little sixth grade boys, right? And my buddy goes, it was him and walked away and just left me there. And I tell you what, I remember that feeling to this day of being betrayed and being left in that moment. And it doesn't feel good. 
And many people have had that feeling of being betrayed or left or or that kind of thing in a relationship, whether it be physically or emotionally, that kind of thing. But I want to tell you today, God will never leave you and he will never forsake you. That is not how God operates in your life. God's heart has always been the same. He wants to be present in your life. Not just omnipresent, like, like he's everywhere, but like actually present. When you look in, into scripture, and you look at the Garden of Eden early on, like God was walking through the garden in the cool of the day. Like he wanted to be present with Adam and Eve. He wanted to be there with them. And the Old Testament is where this first promise came out to Moses. He said to Mo, Moses, says, if, you, if you don't go, I'm not going, you know, kind of thing. And he says to Moses, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He's present, meaning that he wants to be present in your life. God with us means that he is present. It means that you um, you are not meant to be alone and he doesn't want you to be alone. Now, I know for some of us, we'll struggle with that and we'll say, well, I feel alone and I'm battling loneliness. And, you know, relationally, I'm, I'm, I'm lonely. I've got to tell you. Even though you don't see him with your eye, his presence in your life is more valuable than any other person. We do need each other, but I'm telling you, it is so valuable that he can be present with you. And in this season right now, so many people are battling loneliness in ways that they've never experienced before. Battling this feeling disconnected and and what god wants to say is he wants to say to you you are not alone emmanuel god is with us there is something about being present with someone i i think about there have been times where maybe somebody passed away in our church or, or something like that and um i remember uh I remember the day that Randy um, passed away, and I remember the only thing that I really wanted to do was go be at the Craig's house that day and just hang out there. And I didn't really want to do anything else. I didn't want to go anywhere else because uh, I just wanted to physically be there. And, you know, there's something about being present with one another. You know what I'm talking about? I think that's what God's heart is for us. There's something, you know, there's so many things that God does and who he is and how he expresses herself. And there's the words and all of that. But there's something about presence that there's no substitute for. God isn't just here. God isn't just who we believe in our heart. He's present. It's like really there. And. What we do is we believe him at his word, and by faith we say, I believe that. I remember there have been seasons in my own prayer life where when I was praying, um, I would feel far from God. You ever had that happen in your prayer life? Maybe your devotions fell by the wayside, or it was a bad week, or you didn't respond to something, and you feel really far from God. You know what I'm talking about? Catch this this morning. That's you, not him. You hear that today? That's you. That's not him. And one of the things the Lord showed me years ago is that when I have that feeling, because what happens is we have that feeling, and then we feel like we have to work our way back. We've got to figure out how to get back, and then we feel shame that we feel far away, and then we beat ourselves up, which backs us up, and it's this battle to get back. And am I talking to the right people today? Right? And what God showed me today is don't make it difficult. You just step into it. 
Because he hasn't gone anywhere. Because his promise is, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Why? Because Emmanuel, God with us, he is, wa- he is wanting to be present in your life. All you have to do is receive him. He's there for you. And so if there's anything today that makes you feel distance or is making you feel away, you, you need to realize that that is you and your own mind. And frankly, it can be your wrong thinking. Are you willing to change your thinking? That's what repentance means. Are you willing to change your thinking to what he says, that he'll never leave you or forsake you, and to step into that and say, God, I believe that you are here with me. That's what Jesus, he wants for you. He wants to be your Emmanuel. He wants to be God with you. And, and I, I want to ask you today, maybe you're um, listening to a podcast or watching online today or, or in the service I want to ask you that question. Have you made that invitation for him to be the Lord of your life? Because he's already around you. He's already knocking on the door of the heart of your, of your life. And it says in Revelations, he stands at the door and knock. And if you will open up the door, he will come in. All you have to do is open up the door. He's already at the door of your home, already at the door of your heart, already knocking. And if you have never had that moment where you went from, God, I believe you're there, to, God, I need you to be my God, I just want to invite you today to invite him to be your Emmanuel today, to invite him to be your God with you. Would you receive him as your God today? Not just recognizing him as the God, but to be your God and say, God, forgive me of my sin and I want to turn my life over to you and I, I invite you to be my Emmanuel. If you're making that decisions today, all you have to do is cry out to God right now and just say, God, come into my life, forgive me of my sin and be my Emmanuel. And he is going to come into your life and give you a brand new start. And if that's a decision that you're making today, I really want to know about it. You can know, let me know about it by contacting me directly, or you can go online to victorychristian.church and click on Next Steps, because we want to rejoice with you in that decision. I want to close with this verse today that, for me, kind of finalizes this whole concept of God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus, our Emmanuel, this is what he said to the disciples when he was going and when he was announcing the fact that he would be leaving earth physically. He says in John sixteen seven, but very truly I tell you, it's good for me that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now get this. Jesus is so smart. He's looking at his disciples who've been physically, tangibly with him for the last three years. And they're about to like put all the pieces together. As he goes to the cross and raises from the dead and goes up to glory in heaven, like all the pieces are going to really start to fall together. Where before it was kind of like, are you really getting it? Are you really understanding? They're really going to get it. And what Jesus is doing is he's giving them these words. He says, listen, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving. That's what he's saying. I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving. This is what what he means by it. He's saying, I have to go, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He even tells them the Holy Spirit's going to remind you of what I'm saying. 
so that you know that I'm with you and I'm here with you. And the reality is he would send the Holy Spirit and they would know the voice of the Lord in life. And that's this beauty of this trinity of God is, is three persons and one God and all of that is that he, God with you. The Holy Spirit is with you and he can be present in your life so that you know the heart of God and the presence of God in your life. And that is something that we can rejoice in. We live in a day where not only can we have the Holy Spirit in and around, but we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and filled and refilled and receive him in our lives. Because why? Because Emmanuel, because God is with us. He sends his Holy Spirit, his very real presence of him so that he can be right there with you. Y'all, that is good news. That is good news. And I want to tell you today, as as we close in prayer. You don't have to be alone. No one has to be alone. Do you hear that today? I feel like some people, it's like you're you're getting shaken in your your alone room today. God wants you to know that you do not have to be alone. That you are not alone. Amen? And whatever you need to do so that you can encounter and talk to him, what's great is you have scripture, you have worship, you can just talk to him. You are not alone. All you have to do is, like I said, there's, you don't have to like, it's not like some antenna, like you got to get it just right. You remember those antennas, right, with your TV? And it's like, oh, I, I was the kid who had to get up and change the antenna all the time, right, so that we could get the, oh, no, we've moved to CBS, now change the, the, the antenna. The younger folks are going, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> All you have to do is step into it. He's right there for you. God with us, Emmanuel. Isn't it so amazing that he loves you so much that God with us, he announced it centuries ago in Isaiah. God with us, we'll call him Emmanuel. God with us, he is with you today. Would you, if you're in the in-person service, would you stand with me? And I'm going to pray with you today. And one of the things I want to pray for today is I, pray, I want to pray that the, the power of loneliness will be broken in people's lives. Can I hear an amen? amen? That the power of loneliness, you can be around people and feel lonely. You do not have to be alone. And you are not alone. Father, this morning we come before you. And today, before we... We pray this prayer. We just say, God, we are so humbled and honored today that you love us, that you would be a God with us, Emmanuel, that you're not trying to hold us off, but you're trying to draw us in. It's so humbling. But today, Lord, what we need is we need that truth to, Lord, seep in and be a reality in our hearts and our minds and our spirits, Lord God. Father, that, that that truth, Lord, would get into us in a way that is very real. And so today, Lord God, we come before you today and we just say, Lord, we cry out to you and we just say, God, we believe that you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. And today we proclaim that you we are not alone. Not one of us is alone. And I pray today for those who have been battling loneliness, Lord, battling even in their own thoughts, Father, confusion and Lord, patterns of thinking, Father, that have been hard for them. In the name of Jesus, we say, peace be still that he whose mind is stayed upon him is kept in perfect peace. And today we just say, peace be still. And we pray, Lord God, 
that the presence of your Holy Spirit would come upon people today, Lord, and that, Lord, loneliness would be broken. Lord, that people would sense that scripture in Psalms that says that we come under the shadow of your wings, Lord. Lord, that you you hem us in behind and before, God, that you bring us close to you. And today we proclaim, Lord, that we are not alone because our God is with us, Lord God. And we pray, Father, for that, Lord, to seep into our homes, Lord. Let there be an atmosphere of your presence and your goodness over our home. Like Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Father, we thank you and we honor you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.